I overheard a conversation in my back seat a few weeks ago, and it was between one of my children and a friend. And they were doing what kids do. They were scheming and plotting. (laughs) And they were scheming and plotting about how many times they would be able to see each other during the summer. They were trying to figure out different tactics to convince their parents to take them to the pool all day. And they were figuring out different ploys of how to convince us of multiple spin the nights over and over again. And I heard my child say, look, we're going to have to double up this week because I'm not available next week. The friend's like, okay, why? My child said, I'm going to church camp. Of course, the friend goes, why would you do that? And my child's like, well, yeah, I mean, the cabins are, the cabins are really old. And they don't even have air conditioning, and they barely have a fan, and it's really hot, and they're spiders. And the food, I mean, the food is good. Well, the food's not bad. The food's not great. It's not bad. I mean, the food is, the food is good. And the friend's not looking convinced quite yet. So my child goes on to say, you know, but they're crafts, and there's swimming. I mean, the water's not totally clear, but we get to swim in it. And we eat candy, and we get Cokes and Mountain Dews. And, I mean, it's just fun. You get to see people from last year, and you get to meet new people that are there. Your friends are there. Still not looking quite convinced. My child says, plus, it's a week of freedom from your family. (laughs) And that's when the friend's eyes got really bad and said, or really big, and said, that sounds amazing. Their conversation reminded me of the scripture of today. Because the scripture for today is all about being sent out only to be returning home. Our scripture is all about leaving the comforts of your home, leaving everything you know, everything that's familiar to go out on a wild adventure and see things and meet people and eat things and learn things and return home. And after after all, isn't that what the summer is all about? Isn't that what we do? There is a freedom in the summer to travel. There is a freedom in the summer to Be sent out. In fact, this summer I hear from people and they're telling me that they're making up for lost time. People are going everywhere they intended to go. They say, I'm going to go everywhere where we had plans and I'm not going to stop. To the point where there are even headlines now in the news about how airlines cannot keep up with the people who are sending out and returning home. Our scripture today comes from Luke chapter 10. And we're gonna read it in parts. The first one says this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself 
intended to go. Luke says that Jesus sent out 72. The Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark says that Jesus sent out, right, 12, 12. But Luke says 72. Does anyone know why? Exactly. We're not quite sure, but we have a hunch. One of the reasons we think Luke says 72 is because we all know that Luke loves the stories of the Old Testament. Those are the stories he always connects to. So when he tells a story about Jesus, Luke normally will connect it to the story of Moses. And we know that Moses sent out 70 people. When it came time for Moses to select leaders, to select elders, he selected 70. When you read the number in Hebrew, it's 70. When you read that same number in Greek, it's 72. Luke probably knew these stories in Greek. And so Luke is selecting, sending out the 72. And so where are these 72 people going? They're going to all of the places Jesus intends to go. A lot of people feel like Jesus sent these people to the places he didn't get to. That's not quite right. Actually, Jesus is sending these 72 ahead of him like ambassadors to the place he intends to go, which is Jerusalem. And so these 72 people are to leave their homes, leave their comforts, leave what's familiar with their eye on Jerusalem and go to the cities where Jesus goes to prepare a way so that when he walks into Jerusalem, the people are there ready to wave the palms and sing Hosanna. But here's the question. Who are the 72 And where are they from? Here at Chapel Roswell for the whole summer, we've been doing a throwback theme. If you can't tell by the visuals, we've been throwing it back a little. And so I'm going to remind you as a throwback, we're going to throw it back to the first century. And in the first century, when people told you their names, you knew a lot more about them than you do now. Because you always had a first name and a place of origin. And so immediately when you met the 72 in all these different places, you met them with a context. The 72 people by their names, you would have immediately known a religious climate, a political climate, and a cultural climate just by their names. It grounded them into a context. Examples. Jesus of Nazareth. Martha of Bethany, and Joseph of Arimathea. And so today, we are going to do the same. We're going to throw it back to the 10s, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. You get it. And we are going to have a new name today. There are name tags and markers in every section. And so when I say go, 
You need to figure out a plan, someone on the aisle, and they're going to grab the name tags and they're going to pass them out to everyone. It's going to be wild and crazy. And what I want you to do is place your first name on the name tag, then the word of, and then a city of origin. And it can be whatever you want it to be. It can be your birth city. It can be where you lived, where you grew up, or where you're living now. So I'm going to give you an example since it's really hard. On my, on my name tag, I could write Marion of Baton Rouge, where I'm born, where I was born. I could write Marion of Marietta, where I live now, okay? So on the count of three, get ready. One, two, three, go! Go! name tag on or it's coming it's coming and I'm going to give you like 30 more seconds throwback Jeopardy music there. All right, so on the count of three, I want you to tell me your name all at once, because that's, we can understand that. Okay, are you ready? I want you to tell me your name loudly at the count of three. One, two, three. Las Vegas? Oh, nice. I heard that one. And then, um, what else did I hear? Give me another one. Anyone outside of Georgia? Montclair. 
Nice. Nice. Michigan. Now, okay. Lake Charles. All right. I like it. Okay. So now we are the 72. When you need to know who the 72 are and where they are from, remember the noise you just heard. Because the 72 are you. You are being sent out from your place. And here is what Jesus' command is for you. We're moving on to the next verse in Luke. Go on your way. I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. So carry no purse, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Well, this sounds like fun, doesn't it? (laughs) So we get to go innocently into mean places with mean people. And we can carry no money, no comforts, no clothes, but what we're wearing. And we have to wait for someone else to find us. I mean, this is exciting. What an adventure. Luke continues and says this. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. There are two things here that are very intriguing. We are being told to offer peace. And if it's not accepted... It will return to us. Here we are in a wild place with mean people. And we have nothing. We have no money. We have no house. We have nowhere to sleep. We feel empty. But yet God is telling us, you still have something to offer And when you do offer it, if someone doesn't want it, that's okay. Have you ever had a situation where you're kind to someone, but they're not kind back? Never, right? Have you ever had a situation where you trust someone and they don't trust you back? Have you ever had a time when you have forgiven someone and they don't forgive you back? A lot of the times we feel like we've lost it. We give away our trust and someone breaks our trust. And so we say, you've lost our trust. We forgive someone and they say, you've lost my forgiveness. You've lost my peace. You've lost my love. And that's not true. We're actually being told when you offer those things, they return back to you. And so if you are to live in this place as my 72 from all the different places, you are only to offer the gifts of the spirit of compassion and empathy and grace and reconciliation and restoration. And if it's not accepted, it will return to you only for you to 
give it again. The scripture goes on to say this. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. And whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick, who they are, who are there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. In my house, we call these thank you bites. (laughs) You don't have to like what's in front of you, but you have to eat it as a thank you to your host. I am convinced that there are things that are in my house that you have in your house. And when I eat it in your house, it's going to taste better. That's the rule of spend the nights I've learned. I also believe that if you make me a sandwich using the same ingredients that I have at my house, the sandwich you make is going to taste better than the one I've made. It's just one of those things. We have this way about us of eating what's in front of us and then judging it. (laughs) Television shows have made a fortune on this. There are all sorts of series that have people traveling around the world eating what's in front of them and then telling us about it. It's kind of like, Maybe they read the Gospel of Luke. For me, when I think about food and I think about church and I think about Jesus telling me to eat and I think about throwback, I think about a good old-fashioned potluck with about 72 people. Because somehow in my life, If a church person puts anything in a 9 by 13 or a Pyrex, sticks it in the oven and puts it in the table in the fellowship hall, I'm going to eat it because that's what church people do. That's what disciples do. We eat together and it's scriptural and that's why we do it because food is crucial to the spreading of the good news. Food is crucial to the gospel. Because we believe from the very first century that relationships are formed over food because conversations are made and trust is instilled. There is something crucial about food. And a food is the way that we offer hospitality to one another. Jesus goes on in Luke to tell us a little bit about that hospitality. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. So the 72 people 
are in this sent out strange place where Jesus intends to go and they're not welcomed. And all they have to do is say, the kingdom of God is still here. There's no yelling. There's no voting. There's no canceling each other. There's no cramming it down your throat a little bit more. There's no extra judgment given. There's no condemnation given. The message is clear. Wipe off your dust and keep moving because the kingdom of God is still present. It is not our role to have a further conversation about why they're wrong or about why they shouldn't do it or who they should love or why they should love or how they should vote or why they should vote or how they should believe or why they should believe. It's our role to be the ambassadors of peace and love and know that the kingdom of God is still there. And frankly, Luke is telling us that the hospitality we share to the person in front of us is an exact direct response to our relationship and our freedom with the one who died for us. Because ultimately, Luke's whole purpose of his whole gospel And the gospel of his that comes next, the Acts of the Apostles, is one mission. And that one mission is to grow the church. And so Luke is telling us, grow the church. Wherever you're sent out, grow the church. And grow it through entering in to these crazy places and grow the church with these wild beliefs and these exciting beliefs and grow the church on every adventure you go on and experience new people and learn new foods and learn new cultures and extend the exact same equality of the gospel. No matter their religion, political, or cultural standards because the kingdom of God is present to all people, of all people, in all places. I have to tell you, I got this letter. This is true. I got this letter in the mail this week. It came to me in my mailbox. And do you see what it's written on? Loose leaf paper. I mean, how fun. And I'm not going to read to you the whole letter, but I'm going to read parts of this letter. It was so intriguing. I have no idea who this person is. Absolutely no idea. And these are her words in her own hand. Dear Nathan and Marion, hello. I'm going to change her name. My name is Michelle, and I'm a neighborhood volunteer. The reason for my letter is to share with you words of encouragement. Wouldn't you agree that despite the negativity in the news today, it brings us joy when we hear good news? 
Many today are not aware of the Bible and all it contains. I invite you to visit with me over coffee or a muffin so that we can share for a better hope for tomorrow in Christ. In this search, would you join me? Thank you for taking the time to read my letter. Please feel free to write back with any questions regarding my beliefs or my activities and love of the Bible in Jesus. Sincerely, Michelle of Woodstock. I can almost hear the conversation in my back seat. I'm going to need you to go to church next week. <laughs> Why? I'm going to need you to go and be uncomfortable and eat with people and meet with people you don't know and hope they receive the goodness you offer. Really? And if not, just know I'm going to grow my church and I'm going to grow you with freedom in the compassion and in the grace and in the eternal life that I offer you. And Michelle of Woodstock says, now that sounds amazing. Amen. We gather around this table just as we know that Jesus did with the 72 and the many others. And so today we're going to do it, um, bring back our liturgy of our Old Testament. So we're going to do it a little differently. If you have not done this liturgy, it will be posted for you on our screens. But when the time comes, we're going to go through our liturgy of Holy Communion, and then we're going to invite you to come up and actually kneel to receive this cup and the chalice. And when you come and receive, remember, please, to open the side with the bread first and then turn it over and open the juice. You can stay at the, the kneelers, these rails, the prayer rails, as long as you would like to, and then you may return to your seat. But I would also remind you today that this is an open table. This is not a table just for Chapel Roswell. It's not a table just for United Methodists. It is a table for all people of all places. Christ our Lord invites to this table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church, and we have not done your will. We have broken your law, and we have rebelled against your love. We've not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. And so forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And so now hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God and amen. 
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so it is with your people on earth and all the company of heaven. We praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed God to preach good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, and recover the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. And on the night, Jesus gave himself up for us. He took bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. So do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks to the disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you wish. And so now in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine, and make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by that blood. And by your Spirit, Lord, make us one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at that banquet. And now with the confidence of the children of God, we pray together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body. And so now we are all offered the cup over which Christ gave thanks, for this is our salvation. At this time, I would invite you to come forward, kneel, and I will come and give you your communion. <laughs> 